Let's start. Welcome, everybody, to episode six of Soul Notes, the Solarian Clan podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to be going over the season of opulence and our opinions on it. For my guest this week, I have Soren, the clan admin. That's me. We have Alphonse, a returning guest. What's up? We have Baby Highland, who's going to be joining us this week. Hey, everybody. And a special guest, Clydesdale. Hey, uh, I'm Clydesdale, uh, or Rob, either way. Good enough for me. Soren, do you want to go ahead and give us a clan update this week? Um, we don't have a, a ton of updates this week. Uh, just, you know, we have one more week left in our Season of Opulence membership drive. So, uh, you know, we've picked up 180 new clan members since uh, we started this two weeks ago. So um, I'm looking forward to see how we wrap it up. Uh, one thing I will say for our clan members um, and for any prospective clan members out there we published a new members guide today to help you get into one of our clans and into our discord uh make things a little easier so you know how to lfg with us and and how to get through the registration process easily uh but that's all i have for an update this week sweet short and simple so let's go ahead and move on to the main topic our opinions on season of opulence uh first thing i want to get to Baby Highland, you did a day one day one raid attempt, didn't you? That is true. Yep. You want to go ahead and give us your opinion on that? How did that work out? You know, what do you think of the raid? I like the raid. Uh, it's definitely fun. More of like a kind of eater length than say a last wish length. Um, so you've got the first encounter where you open up the raid uh, jumping puzzle, and then a encounter that teaches you kind of basic boss mechanics and then the boss encounter. Nothing so it's actually crazy. reasonably short. Yeah. Oh, it's, and I think once we all get it down and we're at reasonable light levels for it, it's going to be a cakewalk. How did you feel about the challenge mechanic that they put in? It's an interesting way of doing it. It's not my favorite way. Um, it kind of sucks that they took away a lot of the ways that people can level beforehand. Say like Stacking up the bounties, having powerful rewards ready to just pop because not everybody has the extra time to just run and do stuff and, you know, grind for, I think we were on from 10 until went into the raid around midnight. So all of that was just grinding all three characters and working on that. So the whole level playing field of everybody, nobody being able to exceed a specific level per encounter you weren't really a big fan of that well it artificially lowers you to whatever the cap is and so like if you're 720 in that first area you're really you know 700 710 kind of thing but it's made to be difficult at the light levels they chose so all of us were pretty much a tap and a half for dying yeah which makes it extremely difficult and you have to be right on point. And I think that's why we didn't see, well, we only saw what one PS4 finish on the first 24 hours. Everything else was PC. It was Rick Kakis. And the other 98, I want to say, were PC. 
so something with how Bungie's doing that doesn't seem quite even then, even though they're trying to even the field, because obviously PC had a better chance of doing it at that under-leveled area, since a little bit better hit registry and things like that, quicker movements. Don't bloom. Yeah, I've said it before, but the lack of recoil on PC just makes everything easy. And then um, they kind of threw a wrench in our plans for how we were going to go about leveling, just um, switching up what the drops are. Typically, you would see like a five to seven drop from a nightfall, and this time we were seeing that kind of level from a daily reward. So like running your first Crucible match, running your first Gambit match, that was more worth it than, say, doing a Shattered Throne run, which, you know, is good for more casual players who don't have as much time, hop on, do a couple easy things, get the most boost. But for those of us who figured, oh, we'll hop in, do Nightfall, Dreaming City, get the big boost out of the way, and then you got, like, one light level higher, two light levels higher gear. Well, they did tell us in advance they were going to do that. They said they were really trying to downplay the endgame activity from previous seasons, Gambit, Dreaming City, that type of thing that used to give, you know, a bigger boost. They said they weren't going to do that this season. Yeah, we didn't realize, like, how much, though. So I think yeah. all of us went in, we cranked out the Dreaming City stuff, went into, like, a Shattered Throne, and we're like, oh, man, this is not worth it for the time. And then just started shuffling through all of the daily and weekly stuff that's quick, just to get those boost right beforehand and like figuring out um the encounters blind is always fun but for our group we were hoping to really go for that clear so once the streamers started running it we were all watching different streams and doing that while we grinded for light levels kind of hopping in and out of the parties with um other people depending on how many of us there were that needed like if we needed three people, if we needed four, if we had enough room for six, depending on Crucible, Gambit, you know, that kind of thing. So it's good to have more members in the community kind of hopping in and out with us. Um, I definitely know there were a few who hopped in even off mic, just since we had a full eight stack in the party. So that was kind of fun, getting more people involved. Rob, did you have anything going on day one? Anything of this level? No, no, I didn't. I didn't touch the raid. I'm, I'm the kind of guy who like does the raid in like week four after he's padded out his uh, power level and everything. So, um, I certainly peeked in on on a lot of the streamers doing it, but it's the kind of thing where like it takes so long to complete that I couldn't get a real, real good picture of how anything was done because I couldn't sit and watch for the hours and hours that they worked on it. Right. Yeah, and we had uh, how many did we have, Soren? Like six teams streaming. The day one raid? Well, a lot of teams planned to stream it, but at the end, at, you know, when, when the time actually came around to do it, most people, <laughs> I guess, didn't test their internet connection or, or what. Uh, there were only two of us streaming. There was the European PC team, uh, and um, I was streaming. Um, and, you know, I gotta say... Um, you know, the, watching we watched. I watched a little bit of the European team. I left them on my uh, laptop screen, just you know, off to the side uh, while we ran because Track, who put our team together, was 
really uh, hell-bent on going in blind. And he didn't want anybody watching for hints on how to solve anything. We figured it all out ourselves. The problem was figuring out the mechanics went pretty fast. But to get past that first encounter even with the contest mode, you had to put together a perfect run. And we had six experienced raiders. I mean, the majority of the team raids multiple times per week. And we couldn't get a perfect run together, even after we had figured out all the mechanics and knew exactly what to do. But no one could die. I mean, you couldn't put yourself in a bad position at all. And you know, there's no way with the randomness of a, especially a new raid that you can ensure that's not going to happen. Yeah, and that was the same even with our team, you know, going in with fully knowing what was expected of us for that encounter. Um, I think we spent like four, four and a half hours in it before, you know, because that was from a little after midnight until almost 5 a.m. for me, which means for the UK guys, it was ridiculously early in the morning, if you look at it, or, you know, right. well, late 5 a.m. for you would be like 3 p.m. for them. Something like that? Yeah. And, like, when we went in, it was, like, 8 a.m. And so we all took a break, took, like, a few-hour nap, came back to it, and gave, um... Fox went and got us a boss checkpoint so we could try to get that done. And just, we had the mechanics down. We knew what we were doing. But the light level makes it so you just can't. Like... When everybody is a tap and a half, it's hard to get anywhere. Because if somebody on your team dies, you know, you have one res, get them up, you die. And then somebody from a different third of the map has to run across and get you. And it usually just ended up being, you know, a chain of reses and then wiping because we're out. It was like the old um, Taken King back when it first came out. As soon as one person wiped or died, you're just like, okay, screw it, we wipe. Yep. That kind of thing. Yeah, but at least back then it was because of mechanics. I mean, this time it, re- it really came down to um, you couldn't, if somebody died, the time it took to res them, you couldn't go into a situation and, and pick someone up safely without pretty much guaranteeing you were going to die along the way. Yeah, it sounds like, well, it sounds like a challenge. It sounds like a contest. Yeah. And, you know, hats off to Rick Kakis for actually making it in day one on PS4. I know the uh, Reddit community likes to joke about him, but holy shit, he actually pulled it off. What's well, his videos? <laughs> his actual gameplay is not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's his uh, fucking intro that they exactly. give him shit for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alphonse, do you have anything to contribute? Uh, I have yet to even step foot in the raid, so uh, I'm still working on getting to, breaking that 7.30 to where I'll feel comfortable to try to get a team together and uh, explore for ourselves. That's perfectly fine, because I haven't either. <laughs> I'm definitely done for it, just not quite comfortable where I think I need to be. Right. Do you guys want to say anything else on this topic, or should we move on? You know, I, I think that uh, just one thing to follow up from, from last podcast I still think it would have been a good idea uh, as well if they had said, this is the power level we want you to be. This is not a cap. This is what you're going to be going into this challenge. Oh, the uh, forced level where 
where it was not just a maximum, but it was a minimum as well. Yeah, where they specifically set your power at a set point. So even if you're if you go into it at seven hundred and the first encounter seven ten, you're going to be seven ten. Right. Exactly. I still think that would have been a better way to go, or a better way to go in the future. Honestly, from the sounds of it, I don't think it would have done much anyways because you'd still get one and a half tapped. Oh, absolutely. This time it wouldn't have made that big a difference. I mean, it would have made a bigger difference for people who didn't have the time beforehand to grind and who wanted to go into the raid, um, you know, and, and didn't have the ability to get their, their power level up first. But, you know, I think in the future, I mean, even if they had given us five more points of light or ten more points of light or power, whatever they call it now, you know, um, I think it would have been a better setup. But again, that only would have worked in partnership or in cooperation together with them making that the actual effective power level for that encounter. All right. Well, I did want to talk to you about the power quest uh, that we were went off about last episode, but I want to get the two new guests. Uh, I want to get them talking some more, uh, specifically Absolutely. Clyde. Uh, Clyde, have you done the menagerie yet? Yeah, actually, I've done it, uh, done it about three or four times now. All right. You want to give us your opinion on that? You know, how do you feel about the encounter, the whole chalice system, all of that? Um, it's it's real neat. Yeah, I guess it's um, that most of you listening to this have probably at least put your hands on it once or twice at this point. But there's no there's no fail state. I think that's wise for a, a match made activity that, you know, it's it's not a matter of like you're going to keep getting kicked back to the beginning of um in like you know the instances of of the activities you do within uh the menagerie you're going to you're just going to keep fighting and and eventually you will get to the end of it provided you can just play the video game right and i think that's wise um for what it is i think it's a great little like taste of rating mechanics for people who who don't do that who don't get a group together um the chalice is real it's it's interesting i guess um i I mean, yeah, you're going to, if you know which gun you want, you know, you're just going to keep going after that gun and getting reroll after reroll until you get the build you want. Um, it's always Destiny's kind of double-edged sword where it's like, you know, oh man, we, we really want a way to like actively pursue the drop we want. But then if you've got all the drops you want, there's less incentive to keep playing the game, right? Like part of Destiny is, is being in pursuit of the next thing. And so, you're currently listening to episode five. I don't know if you've reached this point yet. And there's also the whole thing that we had with uh, the uh, House of Wolves, where people are going to figure out what the best gun is with the best perks and keep re-rolling until they get that. And I think Chalice has the same issue, is going to have the same issue. Yeah, yeah. That there's, there's a certain hive-mindedness to it, right? Like some streamer or some YouTuber will come out and say, oh man, this, you guys... This is the alpha build for this gun, and you got to have it, and it's the only thing that'll get you by, and if you're not using it, you can't come on our raids, da 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 whatever it might be, right? Like, there's a certain, there's a certain, like, when, when the idea of the right gun gets out there, suddenly everyone kind of gets on the bandwagon. And, oh, shit, yeah, and I've, I've talked about this before, like, when we first had the, uh, the Leviathan, where everybody was using that one really shit gun, the trace rifle because somebody maybe Datto, did one stream with it 
and managed to kill the boss and was like, oh my god, this gun is amazing and it's actually completely shit. Mm. But like you said, hive mind. Everybody goes, oh, that's the gun that we're going to use. Yeah, and, and then it becomes really hard to like break people of that preconception. You know, they, oh man, we want to do it right. We want to do it fast and that's the way to do it. So um, I, I hope it doesn't get to that. I think there are plenty of other sources of great guns that like the the menagerie itself dropping what you want is not going to be a problem because there are better guns than those that drop in the menagerie to my understanding uh some some of the pinnacle guns are really good and some of the changes to exotics are great (laughs) (laughs) all i remember reading on reddit is that some of the changes to the exotics are less great (laughs) oh god the whole fucking people going off about whisper jesus christ oh i was talking about little wolves it's an it's amazing. I wish that would go back away. That's been um just all that you're seeing in comp right now, and it's sure. dirty. Like <laughs> if they get in punching distance of you, you're dead because all oh, of the bullets hit you. More than punching distance. Punching distance say. is six meters. Lord of Wolves is ten to one shot. Yeah, it's really it ridiculous. The twenty and been successful. Yep. You need to speak up there, Alphonse. I said uh, people have tested it out to 20 meters with Lord of Wolves, like where they would measure it, and they've had successful uh, one-taps at 20. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty gross. <laughs> it is For fun. a shotgun? Yeah. At that point, it's not even a shotgun. It's more of a fusion rifle without the charge. Yeah, well, it's pocket it, infinity all over again. No, it's it's a uh, fucking... What's the five-round pulse rifle? The one that looks like the Osiris gun. It's Vigilance Wing from year from Destiny One, except it has shit for range. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, you were gonna say something, Rob? Um, uh, where was I? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm trying to. I, I I don't necessarily know how I'd articulate like the magic of Destiny One PvP that we can't seem to recapture. You know, like I when I looked at my log of like all the hours I spent different activities on in destiny one. I threw myself at PVP way more than any other activity by, by a huge margin. Um, and I, I don't know what we're missing that we're, you know, not that, that destiny two doesn't feel that way. I don't feel, dr- I mean, maybe it's just the fact that like all I'm getting is crucible tokens and I'm never like, I'm never like waiting a while for a good gun that boosts my light to drop from filling a rep meter or something. You know, it, it's just, uh, you know, I'm going to say it's kinda more than that, I think. Dumpster tier legendaries, I guess. Okay, but hold on. Which, what PvP magic are you talking about? Are you talking about the Blink Shotgun days? Are you talking about the Thorn days? Are you talking about the uh, Last Word Sniper days? Or maybe the Sticky Grenade days? Or are you talking about the No Special Ammo days? I can't hear you guys again. Yeah, we're having that problem. I don't know what's going on with my connection. Oh, uh, can you hear us now? Yeah, now you're clear. But I, I keep getting these little pulses of, like, no connection. That's yeah, I think it's something on your end because everybody else seems okay. Oh, okay. well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, yeah my, close here. My point was, what are you talking about? Are you talking about Doctrine of Passing Days or like Sticky Grenades or Last Word Sniper or Thorn or No I Special? I remember enjoying Sticky Grenades. Yeah, I mean, I, I never Thorn certainly felt powerful, but I never felt, felt broken. Right, right. I don't know. I never felt overwhelmed by other people using thorn maybe that's because i had a thorn you know and i could do it myself if i wanted to um it felt like it, it feels like there's a step destiny one pvp 
sits on a step between Destiny 2 PvP and Destiny 2 Mayhem. That's like like maybe it was adjusted to be a little more crazy gonzo. Um, you know, that that I was like going in and, you know, triple killing with supers way more often and just like weird, weird playmaking moments like that. Um, that I feel like I don't get when I play PvP in Destiny 2. I think some of the abilities like melees and grenades have been reduced. Uh, mm. I think it's also maybe we're moving a little bit slower because I went back to Destiny 1 recently and my hunter with the improved jump, 10 agility, and bones of EAO was fucking flying. And I can't replicate that in D2 at all. So I think movement was a little bit faster. They changed the sound effects. So even stuff like the hunter jump sound effect now sounds meaty instead of flashy. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the guns sound meatier instead of flashier. So everything just feels heavier. I think maybe that's part of it. That could be too. And you know, I mean, when they launched destiny two, we had four V four PVP, right? Like maybe, maybe there's still some just residual tuning for that kind of, Man, think back to the beginning of Destiny 2 when they were like trying to tune PvP for esports. Like that ship feels like it's definitely sailed at this point because nobody was having fun. It felt it felt so tactical that you couldn't feel strong. You had to be like hyper vigilant and and sniping from a distance. And yeah, team shotting. Yeah, yeah. It was all about it was all about playing the numbers game, like always getting the encounter with more people present. And the network model just isn't set up for esports and Destiny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if it had better hit registration and it, it used less peer to peer in its networking model, maybe mm-hmm. I could see it being viable for esports. But, but I completely agree with you. And I, I don't know what the solution is either. I enjoyed playing PvP in Destiny 1, and I probably played as much PvP as I did PvE. Mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to play PvP in Destiny 2. I just don't enjoy it, so I don't do it. Yeah, I just do enough for my drops during the week and, and I pine away for the old school feel of, of Destiny 1 PvP. But, I mean, the, the announcements coming with um, Shadowkeep have me, have me hopeful. I think, it, the, which is, of course, dangerous, right? That's the way to get let down. But <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, De- Destiny always, the next thing they say they're going to do always gets me hopeful. And, you know, I, I feel like we're in a pretty positive place right now. People are talking really enthusiastically about Season of Opulence. And um, so we seem to be on the upswing. There's there's a narrative going around that, like, Activision was the thing holding them back. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But that's kind of become the accepted thing floating around Reddit. Yeah, and it's, I mean, even I say that all the time. <laughs> Well, they haven't really done anything to quash that narrative themselves either. Hell, they I mean, <laughs> they encouraged it when they did the uh, the Vidoc, and the guy was like, exactly. "For capital R reasons that don't exist anymore, we're going to be doing cross save." And it's like, oh, they basically called out Activision as being like the ones holding them back. Yeah. So, so I, I hope I hope I, regardless of of what the narrative is and what the reality is, I I you know I hope this kind of fresh start. Um, really introduces some innovation into the Destiny formula, and and we get to see some cool new stuff coming up. I, well, uh, we have an episode coming up that's about the Shadowkeep announcements. I didn't want to do it for this episode because it'd be way too fucking long. Sure. Uh, if you yeah. want to come back for that episode, we can have you back on, and we can uh, talk about you know what we'd be looking forward to. 
Um, schedule permitting. Yeah, I'll I'll get in touch with you about that later. Yeah, schedule permitting, of course. To get back on topic, we were supposed to be discussing Menagerie. Um, do you have anything else to say, Rob, before I toss it over to Alphonse? Um, I think I kind of covered it. Yeah, it's just it's it's a neat little taste of rating. I think it's cool. I think it could be. Ah, I was going to say it could be the half step toward rating that some of the more casual crowd needs, but then you also have to get over the hurdle of like them being willing to assemble a non-match made group. So maybe not. Um, but it certainly is a neat new kind of fresh thing to do with the season and a, and a good holdover until the next expansion of just like, gotta do something fresh and, and get some cool new gear to boot. Sweet. So Alphonse, what's your take on Menagerie? And then after you will toss it over to baby Highland. I think Menagerie is super fun. Um, I think it's well done. I think uh, that the encounters are, I don't want to say randomly generated because we, we know that there's only a set amount, but I think the fact that the order of them changes. Um, so sometimes, you know, depending on how good your team is, you know, sometimes you're really going through the and exploring a lot of stuff. Whereas other times, you know, you find yourself, oh, we did, you got to see two areas. Now we're done, you know? So you think there's not enough exploration um, or it the kind of the game mode the itself it, prohibits uh, it? I think it actually promotes it to a degree almost um, because, you know, it all just depends on how many, uh, you know, how many rounds are you doing? You know, if you're out there crushing it with your team and you're maxing out, you know, you, you know, you do a couple of events and you're done, you know, bing, bang, boom, super quick. Where I know it's probably a lot of us on that first day when we're giving it a go, you know, you're you're probably hitting every single event that that could be done, just trying to reach that uh, final number that you need and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm I'm very happy with the menagerie and the even with the chalice system, um, and the because re- the reason why I like being able to draw specific weapons, right, is because how long have we had for especially our wayfarers, where you're just hours and hours grinding trying to get not even just a specific role but just trying to get something to drop uh for a collection um winter wolf you know i still don't have the winter wolf on mars Oof. uh i got that the other day i'm sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then um but then you know with forge you know it's very similar to forge which is also what i agree with where you can specifically go you know for weapons that you're looking for be like hmm I want to make a better hand cannon. I want to use a hand cannon. Well, you know which ones you're probably going to get, especially if you do a powerful frame. Uh, so you know what you're getting into, and then you just keep talking to Ada, picking up the frames, and you go at it. You, you hopefully get that roll, but at least you're guaranteeing the weapon that you want instead of, you know, just hoping maybe on this 50th attempt. Like, let's look at Friendly. You know, Friendly spent how many rounds of Reckoning hoping for an auto rifle to drop. I think he spent, what, 62 rounds total? We're tracking his thousand voices. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. well, I mean, that's a raid drop, so you, you kind of have yeah. to do that one. <laughs> but imagine trying to do 62 rounds of Tier 3 Reckoning just in the hopes of getting a single auto rifle, regardless of rolls, but just to get it, like, like, it's pretty painful. Whereas this, you could step in and be like, I want this. And you do it, you got it. That easy. And there's there's spreadsheets on Reddit now, so you know exactly what runes to put in to get exactly the gun you want. Yep, and to some people's surprise, even my own. Well, not real surprise, really. I kind of figured it was going to be that way. 
there, you know, there's some things I'm looking for that I can't get because I don't have the proper room sauce on. And, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. And that makes you go do menagerie, you know, get the chest complete so you can, uh, you know, get everything Cheese done. the chest to get the uh, tokens to open up more. Yep. They still haven't fixed makes it. You, uh, you know, you got to go and do the triumphs. You know, you want to get a team together to be like, hey, I need everyone to put just one light in every lamp and nothing more. I need someone to go and... um now let's really know the mechanics of this encounter so that we can make sure we get to the boss and get that achieved. Like I feel like it's a very it's a very good event for teams, but it's forgiving enough that it's okay to match me as uh as it's been said already. Yeah, the lack of like Rob said, the lack of a fail state really helps. Because the more you exactly. suck, it just it just takes longer. Is all it does. Exactly, and it lets you explore more. And you know, there's hidden lore spots all over the map, and you know, all this little cool hidden stuff. So I mean, honestly, like it seems worth exploring. Now, obviously, I know we all know about the chest at the end and what you could do with it. And some people's like, oh, you know, it's good. You got all that time to do this thing, and yada yada. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you could also use it just as much time to explore. You know. If you really wanted to give give the Leviathan a good walkthrough, you got 300 seconds to, you know, just goof around, have fun. I think that's a very good thing to have. You got any other uh, closing statements you want to say on that? Uh, about Menagerie specifically? Menagerie, the Chalice. By the way, uh, guys, uh, Baby Highland Clyde, you guys can feel free to go ahead and interrupt if you have anything you want to say. It's pretty common for us. If yeah, we've we'll got ranting forevers. Yeah. <laughs> You guys got all the patient people today, so we're just sitting here quietly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then it feels like weird. And... A series of Destiny lectures. <laughs> yeah, is what it feels like. Yeah. Welcome to the TED Talk. The um, what's what's the name of the big what's the name of the big rich dude at the end of the raid? Um, Callus. Callus. Yeah. Okay. One one of the things I will say that I'm I'm down on as far as getting season of opulence as a theme. I'm sick of, like, this is the villain who plays fun little goofy games with you, right? Like, this is the reality TV villain who wants to put you through challenges <laughs> that aren't actually saving the world. Like, I'm really ready for for him to be behind us. Like, even, like, whatever was going to come next. I'm ready for something other than... I'm ready to be saving the world when I do new content. Not, like it's time to go through the Minotaur's maze, right? For, for the sake of doing it or for the sake of getting treasure. Um, you know, the, the, the fantasy of being a hero is more important than the fantasy of getting loot. Uh, I think that was kind of one of the bad things about the way they marketed destiny Two right at the beginning where they had Cade shouting, there will be tons of loot. Like that's not the fantasy of destiny. It's being a space wizard hero, you know? And there's space a lot of war and, yeah, zombie, space magic, zombie, meta magic shit. Uh, Alphonse, you're a lore guy. <clears throat> There's I actually a lot of. I barely read, but I do enjoy some lore. <laughs> I thought you were like hardcore into lore. I was gonna There's... say you keep painting him with that brush every week, and I think he was <laughs> the lore guy when we started this. The the weird thing is <laughs> we talked. We've talked about the lore when we've played together on PlayStation, so I thought Alphonse was a lore guy. I mean, I love talking about lore, but I can barely read. 
<laughs> oh yeah, fuck, that's right. You're in the army. I forgot about that. Oh, man. I mean, I'll talk about it all day. I'll talk about what is, you know, what's actually there. I mean, hell, I, I like learning a new thing every day about the game that I play. Well, that was the thing I was going to go off about. So the whole um, O Champion mine that Callus does at the beginning, and some of the lore that books. Me. Yeah, some of the lore books that have been brought out. Uh, there's speculation that he's actually been taken over by what's her face, the fucking the dragon Ribbon? from Last Wish. Riven. Riven, yeah. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I would not be surprised. Um, given that, you know, they kind of made the Iron Car as basically being a literal god that they have the power to change reality in the world. I would not be surprised that, you know, after we purified her, somehow she used her own power to like, I'm gonna grant a wish for myself and do what I want. And that he just happened to be near nearby enough in the system that she's like, This will probably be the best place for me. Well, the the lore that's going around right now is he keeps talking about how he went out beyond the dark and out beyond the confines of the universe. And the thought is he ran into Savathun out there. Savathun is the one who speculatively has taken over, has gained the power to take from Oryx, is the one who took Riven, is the one who set the whole Dreaming City off, and potentially has taken Kallus. So now Riven and Kallus are kind of like tied together through Savathun taking them and that's why he's saying like oh bearer mine or oh champion mine because he's, told, he's kind of having those mannerisms because of it yeah and when um, we get into shadow keep that's going to deal with all the hive stuff and potentially savathun maybe it's i don't want to say it's hinted at but it's you know the new hive expansion uh it could be okay. you know callus just fucking around with us before shadow keep and that's true. Uh, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think the biggest, uh, I always want to say plot hole in that theory is that uh, obviously that has never been an issue when Leviathan was first introduced, introduced year one. Um, so that means that him departing at some point had to take place between us originally having Leviathan uh, at the end of the Red War between to where we are now with Forsaken. Uh, now, obviously, I know in terms of gameplay, you know, it feels like, oh, you know, that was only a couple of weeks ago, you know, whatever, if you're power leveling. You mean um, him going out beyond, beyond the confines of the universe? Yes. Well, the only reason why I say that... In canon, that that's before even the Red War. That's like even before Destiny 1. That was like hundreds of years ago. Well, the only reason why it seems out to me is odd is because none of those mannerisms are featured manifested during the original Leviathan. Uh, I don't know if maybe that just was an undersight of maybe they didn't expect to get this far so now they're like, oh, all these ideas we had, shove them back in, shove them back in, you know? Um, I, I can probably shed a little light on this, right? At least it, what's alluded to in the lore and what some of the theories are out there. So, so the big prevailing theory here is that Callus has actually been dead for centuries. That he was probably killed uh, by Gaul before Gaul left the Cabal homeworld. Because remember, in Leviathan, in any of the subsequent raids that are on Leviathan, as well as in uh, in Crown of Sorrows, we never actually see Callus himself. We always see those giant Callus robots, right? Yes. So, so it kind of alludes to like a Warhammer 40k situation in the sense of like the Emperor. You know, he's alive, but really it's a dead guy running the whole show. Right, right. So, you know, like um, Gio was saying, 
you know, there, there's a, a section, there's a story in some of the new lore that comes with, you know, the, the chalice and whatnot about him um, when he first acquired the Leviathan and put the city on the back of it and started riding it around the universe uh, before the Red War and all that. He went to the edge of the universe and looked off and saw in the void either maybe the pyramid ships, maybe Savathun, maybe an Ahamkara. We don't quite know what he saw, but he saw something that concerned him. And the theory is he saw the future, right? And he knew he would need our help maybe after he was dead, that he would need the light bearers to, uh, you know, back him up, basically. So that's why he sent the ship over to, to us. So, I'm, well, that kind of leads me to think, though, then, in that case, is that, you know, maybe everything that's going on with the Leviathan was like a, uh, I can't think of the words for it. Um, like a test, right? Not even so much of a test. I'd almost want to say... Uh, Basic training? Yeah, like a trial, right? To find the most powerful. Well, that, but um, it's like an AI, essentially. You know, he's oh, like, yeah. hey, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah. dying... You know, when I die, initiate this program to go do the XYZ things. And so that's maybe where we're at right now is we're running XYZ. And, you know, the program has all his voices pre-recorded. You know, maybe he made those recordings long ago. So the reason why it seems like weird that he never used to say that stuff before is because, you know, maybe when he started recording, he was under the influence. Well, Riven was still alive, right? So at that point... well, my thoughts are is, uh, you know, maybe he made the recordings when the Leviathan arrived, you know, the recordings were made. Uh, but as the recordings go, they get procedurally darker as, you know, he's he knows what's going on. He knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to fall to whatever influence. So that's maybe why it sounds weirder as we have progressed, because now we're actually hearing his recordings of him, you know, like losing control of himself or losing himself entirely to whatever was out there. We have really gone off the rails. Holy shit. <laughs> no, we're still talking about opulence, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, does that assuage some of your concerns there, Rob? Um, my gosh, I can't, even, I can't even quite keep track of it all. But yeah, if, it, if, it's, if it's deeper, let me put it this way, if it's deeper than what it seems, I hope they're a little more blatant about delivering the answer. Like, I'd prefer it not, I'd prefer it not just be a little treat for the lore fans who um who really dig like hit me over the head with it i'm playing a video game here (laughs) good point (laughs) don't make you look for it as much i feel like that's both a great feature and a hindrance to the lore of this game is that sometimes the stuff is so obvious but then there's other stuff that's so hidden and convoluted that you can't really paint a good picture it's it's one of the magics of destiny is that kind of mystery like the whole thing about Saint 14, you know, because I went off about this on episode f- four, I think episode four about the whole thing with um the man with the golden gun. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember it, listening to that one. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Saint 14, which is they give us these really mysterious stories. And, and when you're listening or you're reading about the lore and it's, you know, all vague, it's awesome it's interesting it's world building it makes you want to dig deep and people talk about it and then when they actually come out and put it in the game it's always such a disappointment but i also feel like too what i worry about with their writing style is there's a lot of people that aren't picking up on those 
uh, for maybe people that haven't read that deep into the lore, or maybe they're new to the game. Maybe, uh, especially for our PC players that haven't gotten to play Destiny 1 and get some of the backstory there, you know, they get given these characters and they don't know, they don't know why everyone's freaking out about them because it was never a part of their experience. Yeah, but I'm talking about the execution. Like the whole thing with Saint-14. You know, Saint-14 was awesome. We had an exotic from him. He was in the backstory. He was in the lore. He was one of the greatest guardians ever. And then in Destiny 2 and Curse of Osiris, oh, hey, here's his body and here's a kind of mesh shotgun. That's the end of his story. That's it. You know, it, it was a disappointment. And it's the same thing with the man with the golden gun. I already ranted about it before, but taking the paragon of light and goodness in Destiny, you know, the the big story of Destiny and making him a bad guy was complete shit. Yeah, because I believe you said it was kind of like a slap to the face that they hyped him up so much just to then be like, oh. Yeah, it's like Batman turning around and saying, oh, no, I'm actually the Joker's best friend. And this whole thing <laughs> of us going back and forth for the last was all five show. fucking decades where we've been fighting the whole time. That's actually just to weed out the weak people from our group. We're both evil. That's basically what they did with him. Yeah, I, I definitely gave you that. And I, I believe I agreed with you. I think I was on that episode. Uh, yeah, it was disliked yep. and I think of Fulgent, who were both. Yep. <laughs> they both liked it. They thought it was good. Uh, I think I think what the what a lot of people liked about it is the fact that they actually just made him real. You know, I mean, you always hear about it, hear about it, hear about it. I mean, like you said, they could have executed it better, but at least it was like, okay, he's actually alive. Like, there is a reason he exists, so to speak. Well, and they subverted expectations, too. His, well, I mean, a lot of people could still say, because I know I still say it, because we're still technically in, you know, stuff that Activision and Blizzard had a hand in. You know, maybe, maybe it was a bad choice. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I don't think they had a say in lore. <laughs> His wrong, book? Yeah. No, go ahead. I was just saying I could be wrong. I don't think they had much to do with it, though. Oh, yeah. The only thing I was going to say was his whole lore book was awesome until you get to the last two entries where it turns out he's a bad guy. Then that just completely ruined it. But let's get back to the actual topic at hand. Baby Highland, <laughs> how did you feel about the menagerie? I actually really like it. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it gives some accessibility to a bigger, you know, since it's a six-man activity. Um, and you can't fail it, but man, does that not stop people from freaking out when they're not doing well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty funny when somebody's new into it and they're watching that bar, like, creep up towards the little diamond and... They start going, we're not going to get it, we're not going to get it, we're going to fail it. And it's like, no, 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 it's unfailable. You just then have to do more and it gets harder. So in some ways, you know, it punishes people for having a rough time. But it is pretty fun to be able to go through all of the different encounters. And um, I'm a big fan of the Gauntlet one, just because that was always fun. And Levy, and it's kind of a throwback. And as a warlock main, jumping puzzles are fun. <laughs> When I was a Sherpa for the Taken King, and I would take people who'd never done the raid before, I always had whoever the worst jumping warlock <laughs> in the group was, and I made them run Oryx. Yeah. Just because it's a relic. Yeah, running a running relic. 
uh, jumping the platforms. Now, I will say, though, some of those events in the Menagerie, even with a good team, even at, at being... Actually, I think I just broke 7.30. Um, but even with, you know, the increase in power we've had, some of those events still kick your butt pretty darn good. The yeah, fucking the hunted. hunted. <laughs> yep. The hunted... The one with the sword knights. Is it the uh, repose? Oh. The repose is with the sword knights. Yeah. I might be trying to right do now. that. <laughs> I, I was trying to do that on Thursday when it was uh, blackout. Holy oh. shit! Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's just dying. Everything just because there's also thrall in there too. So on blackout, it's near impossible to do well on that one. And they spawn like fucking eight of them at a time from every corner so you'll be shooting at the cap uh, at the night and then there's just like eight fucking thrall ass raping you out of nowhere and of course you got to have a couple of exploders in there since you know running swords nothing better than turning a corner and slamming a sword down on a group of exploder thralls and just watching yourself go boom like, all right, well, I, I, I think the biggest two that I have problems with, I, I know I've gotten close to, I've actually almost finished the repose. Like, we we were on the ogres, we o- were almost done with the ogres. We were getting super close. We actually hit the mark uh, to go to the final boss, which cut us short. Um, I know I've gotten very close with the hunted, but I think the biggest two that kick my butt are uh, the Arxel one, and then the one where it's the, uh, I don't know what they call it, but it's where you have to basically, it's Get the balls and uh, keep slamming. Oh, the, the mockery. Podium. Yes, yep. the mockery and the arc soul, the arc born. Sorry, the arc born. Uh, for some reason, those two in particular uh, always give whatever team I'm with the most trouble. The arc born one, I haven't had any issue with, but that the mockery that you were talking about, where you if you stay outside your bubble, you die, and the bubble shrinks. That one is a bitch. It's kind of like a really intense blind well, uh, in the sense that instead of the instead of the well only getting bigger as you kill, you need to keep the bubble big, uh, yeah. or you'll die. I think that's a, and that's what I really like actually about Menagerie. Since I didn't say it before, I like that it's a lot of things that you may already be familiar with, are uh, either revamped, copied, or slightly altered, um, to make that event interesting. You know? Like for the gauntlet, right? I, I almost had a flat Vietnam flashbacks from the gauntlet because <laughs> I've spent hours and hours and hours when I was first doing Leviathan long ago, just wiping, 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 because we could never get the gauntlet down. So when I saw it, I was freaking out. But then it's like, oh, you know, you don't have to shoot the buttons on the outside and stuff like that. It's literally you just run the course. Like if you were on the last phase of the gauntlet and you're good to go. And I felt much better about it afterwards. Uh, but it definitely had me scared at first. Like, oh, no, not again. I really like the dynamic difficulty where the better you do in each event, the harder it gets. The enemies get tougher. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you mean like the farther you progress, the harder it gets? Well, the better you do in each encounter, you get harder and harder ways of enemies. Yeah, he does quickly do the um, Callus summons more powerful enemies. Hmm. Yeah, Catalyst demands you fight worthier foes. Yeah. What it says. When that pops up on the screen, the enemies go up 10 power level. So what I thought you meant at first was every like successful encounter or encounter that you do well in, like the more progress you get, makes the next encounter harder is what I thought you meant. No, I mean the encounter itself gets harder the better you do. Oh, yeah. 
Because Kalos wants to see, you know, how far can I push you? He just wants to make you strong. I do know that one gripe that I've heard about it is with that whole quest, there's a lot of go into this menu, go back to the chalice, go into this, go and like my dad plays Destiny and he has a thing now that he does for it. All because of this chalice quest and having to look at all the things. And he's like, so you open up your three ring binder and you turn to, you know, section 7A and you'll find under letter D that (laughs) you then have to go across the interstate. (laughs) And it's really, I can see why there would be frustration because it is, they did switch up, you know, RUI a little bit and... There's a lot of bouncing back and forth, just popping different runes, looking at what you need. Yeah. Uh, I think the hardest, I, honestly, I think the thing that makes it hardest with Menagerie is if you're with blueberries that are me. In the sense that you have blueberries where you're, no one wants to be the one to put down the raid banner. Mm-hmm. Or I've had ones where, you know, as soon as you walk into the room, they want to start the encounter almost instantly before, even with someone putting down a raid banner, they're like, nope. Oh, yeah, like, fucking blueberries that just haul ass and leave everybody behind, oh, start yeah. the encounter, and three people teleport in, two people have him put the banner down that made it, and yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah. Like, it's like, come on, like, I get it, maybe you want to rush through because you're trying to get a quick menagerie run before you go do XYZ in real life, but like, you're making it more difficult on yourself and the people you're with. Or people yeah, who don't do the level team's not ready. No, yeah. no reses. Yeah, there are uh, no tokens. What do you, you guys think of the boss? People. Oh, the bosses oh, have the been great. Yeah, this week's I really like. Um, that's a fun one to do. You know. Honestly, I like this ogre better than I like the Minotaur. And for some reason, the ogre also feels significantly easier. I don't know if maybe it's a light level relation or if it's like a... Uh, just the nature of the boss and stuff like that. I was kind of thinking about that. I think it might be just that you're doing more the whole time since you're running around you're throwing the balls to break a shield then you're doing damage like right there in the middle where everything's going on i think it just makes it feel a little faster paced maybe i definitely i definitely was confused uh the very first week with the minotaur when he did the walls i was like that's weird i bet that's bad for you as i watched someone <laughs> get clobbered with one <laughs> like ah that's what they do <laughs> you can pop a um sentinel bubble Oh, you can also, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You'll survive with a sentinel bubble, you'll survive blocking with the sword, and if you shoot the minotaur's hand, the walls deactivate. They turn red, and they don't kill you. I did not know that. I that didn't is, know that one. I'm about, yeah, that's I'm about to make to a sticky note and put on my TV for this stuff. Right. That is that very such good a to know. cool little discovery to like pop up kind of after the fact. It's like, wow, there's, there's really more to this than just the straightforward burn it down and don't get hit. Well, I think that's part of the community, too, is we're always trying to figure out, like, ways around things. Mm-hmm. Like, the first thing we were like, stuff. can you live in a well? Can you live in this? <laughs> See what, though? Hunters with Tether were having a great day on that first boss. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, especially with it being void. Now, I know, I know we talked about this. I know we've had Silver War over it, but I will say the buffs, the debuffs are not that bad on Orpheus. Uh, I still have managed to get my super set quite a few times. Oh, same here. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with them. Yeah, the exotic buffs, and actually, I want our nerfs, and I was going to go off about that, but I wanted to get Rob's opinion on the bosses first, 
and then I was going to go off on a rant again about the exotic nerfs. <laughs> well, um, you're saying the the um, menagerie bosses. Yeah, the Minotaur and the ogre. So I haven't I haven't actually done it this week yet, so I haven't played the ogre. Um, the Minotaur, like the Minotaur's fine. Um, I mean, it it really is kind of like a 45 second loop of like add spawn, kill the right ads so that you can burn down the shield, do the wall phase, add spawn, do, like, right? Like it, it is, that's, I think the one disappointing thing about the, the uh, Minotaur, just that it's once you've done that loop, once you know everything you need to do, like it never yeah. varies. Um, but it was fine, right? Like it's a, it's a thing to do. It's a boss. You feel good if you burn it down faster than last time. Like it's, it's fine. Yeah. They do speed up the walls. Or they do the double walls too. The double walls threw me for a loop the first time. I was like, whoa, oh no. Yeah, and, and you feel good when you juke those, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. But it just, it, uh, that actually, I guess what I would say is that encounter came off kind of dull after the, all the encounters leading up to it going through the menagerie were more interesting than the boss. And, and it maybe, was a new mechanic, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it could be that that's by design, right? Like I've heard. I've heard game designers talk about like, yeah, when you make the final, final boss fight of the video game, you kind of just want people to have their triumphant moment. Like you, you know, you put a boss before it, that's the real skill test. And then you let them totally just like trash, you know, trash the enemy to pieces as the final, final thing as like a cathartic, you know, I'm the winner kind of experience. So maybe that's, maybe that's why they made it simple enough so that you don't end up just getting trounced by this thing that's supposed to be your triumphant chest opening moment but yeah off topic but final fantasy 10 did that fucking horribly in uh, uh I'm trying to remember a lot exactly of final fantasies do that terribly final fantasy 10 was the one where you fought a tick and you had auto life on your characters at all time and the tick was fucking could do nothing against you mm. Man, that I was the one encounter yeah it, fucking great awesome don't don't look it up it's <laughs> terrible <laughs> fighting Titus's dad was better the actual final boss was fucking horrible you know what boss used to kick my butt though freaking uh the one underwater one in 10 that one oh that one for the longest time beat my butt which underwater one the the tentacle the tentacle one oh you mean what like right at the very beginning of the game not that early it was like it was after one of the other later big uh cup games that you do uh, is it the one where Riku's in the machine, or is it the one where you fight Sin on a boat and then you get knocked off? That one, the second one, the one where it's just Waka and Titus. Yep, underwater. Yeah, that one fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this is a yeah. Destiny podcast. So let's get all Final Fantasy. <laughs> we'll come back to that. We'll have our, our podcast stages for other games. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do a fuck it. We'll talk about everything. We'll talk about D and D and magic and Mark Rosewater and uh oh shit, I'm gonna email Mark Rosewater one of these days. I'm gonna get him on here. We're gonna talk magic. <laughs> Mono black is the best, just saying. Um fuck you, gruel, red green, <laughs> or Demir. Uh anyways. The nerf to Whisper that everybody was saying and like half the people in our clan were saying was gonna make it worthless. When Menagerie came out and that first day we did it and it was heavyweight and void, I used Whisper and the change they made with heavy ammo meant uh-huh. I never ran out of ammo. 
I burned the fuck out of that Minotaur. <clears throat> if they hadn't changed it so you didn't get infinite ammo anymore, I probably would have taken half that Minotaur's health by myself. And that was on Void Burn. If it was heavyweight Solar Burn and it had infinite ammo, it would have been a fucking cakewalk with six people. I, f- I fully understand why they nerfed uh, uh, Whisper. And I know I don't want to talk about it too much because uh, I don't want to bring that bad luck into the world. But I even did a couple of scourge runs between this week and last week. You know, we brought a couple of new people into scourge yesterday with friendly track and crazy and all them. And God, I hope it doesn't happen because I'm going to talk about it. But honestly, Outbreak Prime, like Whisper, great. Outbreak Prime, significantly better. That even if Whisper wasn't nerfed, Outbreak still would have outperformed. Uh, I was outperforming dudes that were using Outbreak in Menagerie. But then again, there was also the modifiers. Right. The raid doesn't have the modifiers. It also probably depends on how many of them are also hitting their shots when you're using Whisper. Because I know I'm apt to miss one or two, which when you had nine, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really getting any more than when they're changing it and I get 18. So True. But they did also change the ammo drop, so it drops more often now. So it's it if even if it was still at nine, it would be a lot more forgiving, just because you can find heavy ammo so easily nowadays. Oh yeah, I've noticed it's more consistent. Um, you know, I used to have days where I would get zero ammo, absolutely zero. Then other days where I'm getting like fifty bricks on the ground, just chilling. I've noticed that while I do not seem to get. As much as, I, as those good days, I've noticed that every time, though, I'm at least getting a couple uh, when I do most events. So I've been told the change that they made in this update is to make the impact of Ammo Finder perks more significant. Now, do Ammo Finder perks still stack? They still, still have the same stuff. bug. You always want to oh. have an odd number of whatever Ammo Finder perks you're wearing. Oh, okay, good. And like I said, I noticed for me a long time ago when uh, when I ran all three ammo finders at once, I felt like that really threw off the numbers and the magic of it. Uh, personally, at least for me, when I ran three ammo finders, the primary, special, and heavy at once. Oh yeah. Well, apparently now they work. They play nice together. You can wear special and heavy, or special and primary, or all three, um, and they they don't harm each other, but they still haven't fixed the bug where if you wear two heavies, <laughs> you're basically not going to get anything. This is really good to know. I did not know that. <laughs> Who would like to discuss pinnacle weapons? Uh, it, does anybody have any pinnacle weapons yet? I don't have any, but I can talk about some of the other ones that came out with Opulent. I have the grenade launcher. The Wendigo? Mm-hmm. Rob, I'm assuming you don't have any pinnacle weapons? I don't. I am my my pursuits tab is just like a dumpster fire, right? Like it's <laughs> I I I totally checked out during season of the gambit to just play a ton of Assassin's Creed Odyssey and among other things. Um so yeah, yeah I'm, at the very I'm, least w- play something good like Near Automata. Dude, Assassin's Creed Odyssey really is good. I'm I'm about a hundred hours deep and I have more to do. I'm I loved it and I, I'll anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Um but yeah, so I'm <laughs> My my pursuits tab is a is a hot mess, and uh, I'm just slowly chipping away at it now. Like it, I think 
I think they did a bad job of like how many button presses it takes to get to it now after they reorganized it. But yeah. it is seeing being able to see the first little bit of text with each one does make me more engaged and like, eh, maybe I'll pick this one today and actually put some work into it rather than having it just be a sea of icons. So yeah, I can't really talk about pinnacle weapons. Soren, go ahead. I know you want to rant about the new pursuit tab. Oh, I just, you know, like I said last, you know, uh, like I, I was concerned about last week and sure enough, it's it comes to fruition. It screws with your muscle memory. I can't tell you how many times I open the wrong menu and go to the wrong screen to look for it because I'm just so accustomed to looking, you know, where it's always been. Yeah, and, I'm you right know, there I, with you. I get the fact that they want it with the map so that you can, you know, line up your your where you're going on the map with what pursuits you need to get done. But by doing that, they also removed it from your inventory where oftentimes I would say, well, how many enhancement cores do I have and how many things, how many, you know, uh, uh, pursuits do I have that will get me an enhancement core? Now I've got to click back and forth for that instead of locations. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Give us the extra text on that screen, but why did you have to move it, you know, into the map? When it was in the inventory, I can't remember, could you mouse over it to look at the description? You could, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could go into them and um, preview them. It could be... um... They also added a few more spaces, and maybe it just messed with the UI since everything else was pretty consistent over in the inventories tab. Yeah, we do yeah. know that Destiny is a lot of spaghetti code. So it might be <laughs> that, yeah, putting it over in Pursuits tab somehow opened up. Like, have you guys seen that, the talk that uh, the engine designer gave for uh, one of the GDCs? There's been a couple, but yeah. I know the one you're talking about. The one, I mean, there was a, a whole thing about um, in Jason Schreier's book about it too, about what it took in the D1 engine to move like spin metal five feet to the left it was a you know 36 hour process. He said uh, one of the things, one of the uh, jokes that he made was, "Okay, so I just tried to change the shading on this uh, rock, and it took." Four hours, it rebuilt the entire server twice, and it changed the sound six times. Or something like that. <laughs> it changed six sound clips. It, it was ludicrous the way it was set up. So, yeah, it would make complete sense that moving the Pursuit tab, you know, somehow gives you 13 more spaces. There's also just a bigger wall in general. Um, you know, it's a bigger space to work with, so that's probably part of it, too. I do hate how slow it takes to load though and that it's two pages now because whenever you get a new pursuit it's always on the second page so when you pick up bounties it's even slower you don't have enough pursuits then because it's three pages yeah, for it's me three pages for me too, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah I, I i try to keep my stuff organized i bet you have a clean vault and postmaster too then I actually do. Yes, I <laughs> periodically go in. In fact, remember when everyone was complaining about their shaders being like completely full and taking forever to clear them out? I never had that issue because I just deleted my shaders in, lo- in load screens. I always have that issue. It's kind of what I'm known for. Like Same here. 
<laughs> we go to the tower and everybody just sees me run straight to the postmaster. Same here. Coach's like, is it full? And it's like, oh yeah. Always. <laughs> right, pinnacle with all spaces. <laughs> exactly. Uh, pinnacle, you have the one to go. Do you like it? I do. I really do. Um, it's great for boss DPS. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's not my favorite in PvP. You can work with it, but since it does like the blinding grenades and stuff like that, it's not the biggest oomph that you want when you're trying to kill people quickly. So um, I'm also working on Mountaintop right now and the sniper yeah, uh, revoker. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, the fucking revoker. It's been awesome seeing snipers in PvP, but I've mentioned this already in, in the uh, general chat. I swear to god that there are fucking aimbotters on PS4 now. Because I've had matches where I will turn a corner and immediately get yeah, headshot. <laughs> or like, it, it's not even like a dude hardscoping. I, I've had matches where a guy comes sliding around a corner, is still sliding, somehow ADSs while I'm in midair and picks me off a one hit from halfway across the map. It's like, where the fuck did these sniper gods come from? So, so let, to, to recap, why has it been awesome to see snipers in PvP? Yeah. <laughs> it's just been, it's been hugely negative for me to just, like, I, I was like, I keep complaining to my wife every time I'm playing Crucible. I'm like, I can't believe they made a sniper kill seasonal quest for Crucible. Because all it is, is just me wandering around corners and hearing a tomato explode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the fucking the splatter noise now is like a thing of nightmares. Ugh. I don't know, I'm kind of split on it because I I don't I don't know if it was with you or it was someone else we were debating. Um, when it came to variety, I want to say it was you. We were having a a pretty decent debate about it. Um, I think it's nice to see different weapons for once, but at the same time, I think you brought it up, Geo, that. The only reason why we're seeing it is because people are going for it. Um, and that maybe we won't see this variety so much when, you know, a lot of people have gotten the quest complete. Um, I mean, I'm just glad in general that, you know, the shotgun era has, has ended, though now we have entered the SMG era. Now we're dealing with the sniper and grenade launcher era as people are going through pinnacles. And I like the sniper era because I have always been since D1 a mid to long range player. So Rob, while you hate this and you know you're it's the stuff of nightmares for you, I always played scout rifle and sniper in D1. Can't do that in D2 because the maps are too small for it. It doesn't allow it aside from that one city one where you know you can camp uh the one outside lane near the ocean and you know just scout rifle motherfuckers. Um, I'm liking this because it means I'm not punished anymore for running scout and sniper because everybody else is running sniper. So I'm actually in my zone. I'm not about to, you know, turn a corner and get a uh, fucking corner camped with a shotgun. Anymore. Lord of Wolves. <laughs> yeah. Lord of Wolves. Lord of, but Lord of Wolves. Wolves. It still isn't going to fucking, you know, you can't cross map somebody with Lord of Wolves. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's, it's working out for you. And, and to be clear, you really can't hope for like a perfectly balanced meta where people are using an even amount of pulse rifles, an even amount of an even amount da, 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 all the way down the list, right? The best you can hope for is to shuffle the meta every time you do a patch or something, right? Because yeah. if it were perfectly balanced, if there were literally no advantage out, 
that would be terrible game design, right? Like yeah. there needs to be a benefit to picking the right stuff because the human brain is a problem solving machine, right? It delights in figuring out the most efficient way to finish a task. And part of, part of that fun as it implements in destiny is solving the loadout problem, right? Oh, what's the best thing to walk into this situation with so that I execute efficiently, right? So we don't want a perfectly balanced meta. We want a rotating meta. So if snipers have to have their place in the sun for a season to successfully implement that, I will hold my tongue and play slightly less crucible and get on with life. (laughs) I will say we did have a... Oh, sorry. You go first, Gio. You go first. Uh, I will say we did have a perfectly balanced meta there at one point. It was when D2 launched, all the guns were actually reasonably balanced around each other, and it turns out the best strategy then is have more gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the team, the team shot meta. Yeah, that's that's what it came down to, and that was so fucking boring. Yeah. Go ahead, Alphonse. No, I still believe, because um, I think we also had this in our debate, I still believe, though, that even after the pinnacle has gone by and the seasons have gone by, I still think, though, that because people are now kind of forcing themselves to try these new weapons that there's there could be some people who maybe while they wouldn't have used them before you know they kind of sit down and see how useful they are and they're like oh you know maybe i'll i'll start running this more you know what i mean instead maybe i'll take off my dust rock blues in exchange for something else and you know give it a go start running persuader which is still I the best sniper in the game really have to agree with that and that's why and that's why I really look forward to is people going away from the YouTuber and the streamer meta of like, oh, you, you need Lunas, you need Dust Rock, and you need Wardcliffe to do anything in the Crucible and being like, no, that's... And being like, wow, that's actually not the case. I could use this. And I have personally, through my experiences as a player, have found this to be a success and can do this and be dominant. And I think that's really the best thing that I look forward to with these new pinnacles of every type coming out is that people see something new that maybe they wouldn't have used before that gets their attention and it it changes the it changes the world for them not the community but just the individual player is what i like to see is that people's individual experiences have improved so baby you were saying something yeah he's definitely right with that um i think forcing people to use guns that they don't usually use is kind of a good thing for the meta because I didn't use hand cannons in Crucible at all until I did Lunas. And then, you know, people want to get it done as fast as possible. Best way to do that is use as many of them as possible. So double hand cannons in Crucible. You're going to either get good with them or you're going to truck through it. So now I feel a lot more comfortable if I'm sitting on a character and, you know, maybe one of the apps is down. Got to use whatever's on it. Stick a hand cannon on. I'm no longer intimidated going in it's just a lot easier and i think a lot of people are going to get that with sniping um which in the end helps out with their pve as well because pvp you don't have predictable you know enemies coming at you you've got another person on the other side um should we move on to our next topic anyone have anything else to say about pinnacle weapons i'm good i don't mind talking about uh, catalyst um real quick on on the wendigo one thing i think that's been that hasn't been as uh promoted about it is one nice side perk is when you have it equipped 
you can pick up orbs of light even if your super is fully charged. Ooh, that'd be good for yes. nightfall runes that are on the edge. Things like Wave Splitter, things like, yeah, exactly. There's a ton of other exotics or, you know, other uh, abilities where having the ability to pick up uh, orbs with your supercharged is nice. Like the ones that uh, charge your grenade or melee when you pick up an orb. That too, know, exactly. Perks. Yep. Next thing to talk about, Rob, baby, how do you guys feel about leaks and uh, spoilers? Doesn't bother me at all. I generally try to avoid any like major data mined leaks. But okay, yeah, because I was going to bring up a data mined leak about a potential future exotic weapon. <laughs> Is uh, it? A, would... I think I know which one you're probably talking about. So we're good. Uh, the D one returning weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Episode 4, I fucking called it, Soren, with the exotic uh, super region nerfs. Bad Juju's coming back, motherfuckers. It's, yep. it, it's coming. <laughs> so what I called saying? it with uh, Lumina, too. Yeah. What were you saying, Rob? Uh, I was going to say, refresh my memory. What was Bad Juju's perk in Destiny 1? It had full auto. It reloaded on... Was it on kills or precision kills? Kills. Kills. And it gave a shitload of super energy back on kills. Oh, that part. Okay. That I didn't remember. Yeah. It was like what? Five or six thrall and you have your super back again. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, they've data data mined a catalyst for it. So I'm calling it now. It's coming back. And that's why they had to nerf the uh, super regen perks. Because mm. even back in D one, it, it was nuts. Yeah, did uh, didn't isn't the gun that Eris Morn? I, I know this is again getting into Shadow Keep, but the, during that trailer where Eris Morn is preparing that gun, isn't that gun bad juju anyway? Uh, no, I think that was a sidearm. That was the that was the new exotic hand cannon with the scope on it. Actually, huh. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. If okay. you look at the if you look at the other images of it in the Vidoc, it's the one that has all the uh, symbols hanging off of it and the chains and all of that. Okay, so I just mistook it for Bad Juju. I thought, because I thought Bad Juju was more of a known quantity because of that video, but I guess I just misidentified the gun. Yeah, no, Bad Juju was the one that looked like just a basic scout rifle from D1 with a couple bones strapped to it. And this one was like way intricate. Oh, okay, okay. Honestly, I thought that it was a uh, touch of malice when I first saw it. Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit, touch of malice is coming back," and that is what it looked like. But yeah, no. <laughs> well, kind of. Touch of malice just looks like a dirty rag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys have anything to say about the leak? Uh, bad juju. That for me personally doesn't mean a lot. I know uh, they leaked some of the other catalysts that I'm excited about. Um, I called it with Lumina. Uh, Luna, they figured out what it's going to do, which obviously I'm super hyped. I called that where it's going to be the inverse of Thorn. So landing hits heals you? So basically, you know how Thorn creates the souls? Basically, you can collect those souls to heal yourself. And also you can, apparently people are saying you'll be able to shoot your teammate uh, to heal them. Uh, If you've played Overwatch, I think it's going to play kind of similar to their one character. I'm not an Overwatch player by far, but... Anna, yes, it's going to be kind of similar that, you know, you can collect these souls and, you know, you have a, a Titan that's about to 
do Titan things and run into a group of enemies, give him a quick pop for health, and let him do his stuff. Is this a primary ammo gun? It's a hand cannon, yeah. More than likely because it's a hand cannon. I don't like that. That's... I, I feel like that that leads us to a world where like people are starting raids and being like, who wants to roll healer, right? Like, who wants to carry the healer gun and be the healer for the raid? And that's... So warlocks. Warlocks will be using that gun in conjunction with their well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we already have that, though, because uh, we have warlocks who have the well. We have warlocks who have the healing grenades, which you never fucking see anywhere. Nobody uses that. The, the new um, the sword warlocks, the well of radiance, mm-hmm. they can charge their grenade and heal their teammates with it. But you don't ever fucking see it because Destiny is not that kind of game. Oh, we were using the shit out say, of it on that day yeah, one raid. Yeah, like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time at the boss, you're when you're Only doing like the top end elite raiders are using the grenades to heal everyone, guys. <laughs> yeah. Only the best of the best. <laughs> All right, yeah. So there are some some corner cases, but I'm saying like you're not seeing it everywhere. It's not yeah. like a requirement to have a healer. But, yeah. I mean, we we talked about like the brain poison that you dreamers can be if they get on a kick and then convince everybody to get on it too like i don't want to be in the world where people are saying like all right we're assembling a raid team and if someone doesn't play the heal gun we are not launching from orbit right like it's not D. you don't need a healer class well i hope they don't, but, but we could get <laughs> to the brain poison moment where people b- start to believe it right and if it if if enough players believe it it's effectively true, right? Because unless you can combine, unless you can assemble the raid team that doesn't believe it, um, you're stuck <laughs> trying to negotiate this like social expectation that someone's the heel gunner. In that case, what you do is you join our clan where we don't, <laughs> we don't, we're not subjected to that kind of bullshit. You just <laughs> oh, good, find yourself a good, good group of players and, you know, or you just play with dudes who say, you know what? Fuck it. We don't need a heel gun. We're all running rat king. <laughs> there you go let's play some jank let's do jank destiny builds oh i'm still waiting oh for i got a couple <laughs> if you want to get a couple of mine i got a couple odd builds I, i'm still trying to get a team fucking together for iron banner where we're just running all we're all running rat king <laughs> that'd be kind of beautiful uh so like actually kind builds, of like, oh yeah because well because rat king works better in groups it's it's the same it's in the same school of thought of outbreak where <laughs> the more people do it together the better it's going to be which honestly isn't a bad thing because i mean i guess that rewards cooperation that you're willing to uh use that particular weapon but i mean i think it's still pretty reasonable reasonable you can one phase callus with six people running rat king so why I'm is not it joking. So, I've done. Go ahead. Why is it so weirdly uncommon for people to do it? I guess, is it just less fun? You're gonna get to, a full team. I guess. You, I guess you do have to. It. Each person has to have it equipped. They changed it because you don't actually have to be using it anymore. Like actually holding it out. Now it's mm. just having it equipped works. But you oh. do have to have six people, and I think the range is only like twenty meters. So you actually have to be kind of close together. So there is there is kind of a coordination hurdle to get over to make it work. So that's I guess that's the explanation is not everybody's doing it because there's more to it than just being like super powerful Rat King stack. Right. Yeah, it's it's legitimately you have to coordinate with other people in your team to actually have the gun equipped Mm -hmm. and be using it for it to be good. But if 
six people have Rat King on them and equipped, it's fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> just balls out there. It's nuts. I've seen a three-man stacks in quick play where three people have Rat King and they're just running as a pack team shooting and just mowing, like mowing down fucking supers. <laughs> like, oh, this dude popped, uh, what is it, Void Blades. No, fuck that dude. He's gone. <laughs> That's got to be kind of cathartic. It It is kind of nuts, yeah. But <laughs> once, one, once one of them dies and you're kind of fucked. Because mm. then all that buff goes away. Well, it doesn't go away. It gets lessened. Right. Um, well, I mean, I, I would still think it's super fun if it's just one of those days where you're like, let's just go mess with some people and let's let's farm for some hate mail and have some fun. Um, farm for hate mail i like it <laughs> oh man six, me, titans, six titans with suppressor grenades armamentarium rat king in iron banner i'll be down i got i want people to help me get my catalyst unlocked too i still need to do that <laughs> i get so many catalysts but not the one i want feels bad <laughs> um uh shit i was gonna say something about a thing but i can't remember what it is anymore uh truth you does anybody have truth yet? Oh, yep. I'm actually working on it right now. I'm actually like literally in the middle of doing the, uh, my two last map pieces. It's still a thing of beauty. I've been blown up by it. That's my experience. Someone has hit me with it. But it, it's still a phenomenal gun. Yes, it definitely is. Uh, I did like that he pointed out there is a major flaw. Um, and it's a user flaw, not a victim flaw. Uh, that flaw... That flaw being, uh, let's say you're at a decent distance. If someone is, especially now with people sniping a lot, um, don't, I guess the big, like, long and short of it is you don't always have to lock up because it has the max blast radius. So if you have someone who's a sniper constantly peeking out and going behind cover, it was actually recommended that you hip fire it parallel to the wall to well, rely on the blast radius. Exactly. Um, you know, let it just go alongside the wall to hit him because more often than not, with how aggressively it uh, tracks, if they peek and then they go back into cover, it will actually pull it into the wall because it's aggressively trying to go the shortest distance distance to them. Yeah. So treat it like the Slova bomb. Yes. Well, I mean, just like and just like the Slova bomb. If you remember what people used to do in D one, the trick is, especially in PvP. We didn't have get Slova the, Bomb in D1. No, the truth. Get the, get the lock on them, and then just point it in the sky and fire straight up. And the rocket will find its way. Well, we have a lot of maps with overhead cover, though, now. That's true. That's true. There are more indoor maps than there used to be. Yeah, try, try doing that in, um, what is it? The uh, Fire One, Soul's Forge. Sunforge? <laughs> the Sunbreaker fucking map. Uh, yep. Yeah. I know which one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, the one with the two rotating walls. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, last thing. Uh, Soren, you were uh-huh. bitching about the power level quest and it being mandatory, and I told you no because you talked to the dude to pick it up, and so if you're six twenty, you don't have to do the thing, and you went off about it for like twenty minutes. How do you feel now? I, the same way. It wasn't so much about. You know how you start. It was the fact that now this is the base power level. There's nobody below that anymore. I would disagree. My warlock is currently six thirty, and I'm still just leveling her up normal. 
Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's yeah, an active choice. Yeah, yeah, that's a choice to, to <laughs> mitigate the bonus, right? Like, I, I see the complaint, but also, like, the the power score in general is literally just a carrot on a stick to keep people playing, right? Like, if you if you found all your great drops in a previous season and they didn't push the light level up, like, you'd be playing to find things to experiment with them, but you'd effectively have your loadout from day one of the new season so power that's kind of where i'm at yeah to be honest that's kind of where i'm at where i'm just i've just been hoarding stuff for the power increase because i i have the loadout that works for me with my play style Mm -hmm. and unless i get in i mean i've even had stuff my powerful drops i've had powerful drops that like skill for skill matched what i've been wearing and it's like cool well this is easy i just swapped to this new piece because all the stats are exactly the same even though it's a different piece of armor and everything's good. Yeah, like, I mean, it, w- it would be a fun thought experiment to sit down and say, how do we keep people playing Destiny for 13 weeks, which is like the length of a season? How do we keep people playing Destiny for 13 weeks without power as a mechanic and as a limiter, as like as like a throttle to how we handle drops by having weekly activities that we, we I mean... Keep in mind, power. It's not just it's not just a throttle for progression. It's a throttle to ensure that if you want to progress the fastest, you must play a variety of activities. It leads people into strikes. It leads people into nightfalls. It leads people into gambit. It leads people into you know boom boom boom. You go you go down the list. You can't just grind the one activity you love. You have to you have to fill the population and all these different activities. Oh, absolutely. My argument was that the. Uh... And I know this is a gang design thing, right? My argument was more along around uh, that initial uh, quest. What's it called? Uh, Power Surge? Power Surge quest, yeah. That basically now, instead of the power band, the power range for players being from, you know, 200 to 750, it's now just 690 to 750. Mm -hmm. There's nobody below 690. We well, I guess Iron Banner. Iron Banner is power matters, right? Right. Well, it's not just PvP though. There's also the other uh, strike playlist. There's you know older content. I can I, I can still and, see why they would do that though, and that's basically um, a speedy integration of yeah. guaranteeing like okay, we get everyone integrated into the game to get to a playable level, and I say playable in in the sense of like you know able to run Nightfalls, start doing some of the later raids like Last Wish and Scourge to get them up to speed with all the other players. So then it's basically them getting experience and not being like, well, I suck because I'm a low level. It's you suck because this, you're new to the game. Yeah, You suck because yeah. you suck. <laughs> yeah. It's not because you're weak. It's because you're poor at the game. Um, I think my favorite, I don't tell this story often, um, though I, I'm pretty sure I have at least once. When I first made my Hunter, because I, I did nothing but Warlock for the longest time. Um, when I first did my Hunter for laughs, I went into the Crucible. And at the time, I was a very proficient person with the origin story. Uh, horror story had not come out yet. Um, and even at light level 60, I was going positive in game just because I had the experience. And I kept thinking to myself, it's like, someone in this match has to be mad that they're getting absolutely destroyed by a light level 50. <laughs> Someone somewhere has to be upset at this because they look at just the light level as the determination of if you're a good player or not. Yeah, and it doesn't really have anything to do with that. 
And I think that's kind of like one thing that it almost mitigates with these power surges is that, like I said, it's you suck because you suck. It, you, you don't suck because you're weak. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and <clears throat> Go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, yeah, also uh, there's, there's a third, even further reason that they have to do this, which is the competition for this space is getting tighter and tighter, right? Like Destiny is preparing to go head to head with Borderlands 3 as far as like gunning for the same market. So yeah. they need to not be in a situation where they say, look at all these cool activities. You can only do half of them until you grind for 40 hours, right? Like True. they need to be able to say to people, come play Destiny. You can have the fun right now. Well, um, but they're already fixing that with Shadowkeep and New Light. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. bud. Behind. No, that's what I was going to say, is they're kind of moving that way anyway, um, so it's just setting us up for getting ready to be used to how New Light's working, and the power surge is just kind of leading to that. I am personally terrified for when September comes around. The why? fucking blueberries? <laughs> and you can <laughs> never do heroic events. The big reason why I'm thinking about it, right, is because I also play a lot of other games, too. Um, Again, not sponsored, but I also play like a lot of Dark Souls, right? So anyone who's a proficient Dark Souls player, they watch for the game to go on sale on Steam. The reason why they watch for this is because they know the moment it goes on sale, there will be a surge of new players and people can go ham as an invader or doing whatever. <laughs> uh -huh. they, they purposely wait for these new people to show up, and that's why I worry about September, especially with these match-made activities is... You're either going to be in the teams where people are being hunted because they're new, or... You're going to be the hunter. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's... And I mean, I'm personally glad if the community gets bigger, because I mean, why not, you know? Um, yep. That's, that's never a bad thing. You know, a bigger community means better matchmaking in the sense of that you don't have to wait forever. Like some games where it's like, oh, not many people are playing. You got to wait forever. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I'm scared of blueberries, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I will say I am scared of the blueberries. I mean, I've had some that are seasoned players, you could tell, but it's like, what are you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, even I've been yelled at. I've been yelled at being accused of a blueberry before. Um, had a guy, he was halfway through a public event without even any inkling of it was going to go heroic. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just slam it out for him then. And he went absolutely bonkers. Like, <laughs> like oh, you... oh, yeah, you swore, so it's okay if I swear. I've been trying to avoid it. Um, <laughs> he's just like, oh, you fucking warlocks with your goddamn slow of a bomb. It's like, bro, you were literally like over halfway through this dude's health with, no, with none of the vents broken. It did not look like you were going heroic, so that's why I did it. And he was still just going off. It's like, Jesus, man, it ain't that serious. <laughs> It's just game. Why do you have to be so mad? So today I got my wife. So my wife has a warlock. She doesn't actually play the game, but we do the story campaign together. I finally got her to play, um, to watch me do Forsaken. She didn't want to watch Kate die. Uh, she loves Understandable. Kate. I mean, that's, that's a pretty heartbreaking experience, so I don't blame her. <laughs> well, it's kind of my fault because in the lead up to Forsaken, I showed her the trailer where Kate dies. And so she was just like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to watch it. So it took me. Well, I mean, if you never get to that part of the story, it never happens. Don't you know? That's um. literally I convinced her last weekend and her whole argument has been for the last year. No, this is it. The game is over. He never dies. Uh, anyways, so I was getting her character up and today I was doing strikes on her level 48 warlock. 
It was 420 light. We were in the level 40 playlist, and I took screenshots of this. The post strike like scoreboard. I'm level 48, light level 420. There's a level 50 dude, another level 50 dude. They have 20 and 30 kills, and I have 210. Huh. No, I'm wondering too, though, with that, were they people going for Windigo and just having struggles using a fighting lion, or were they just bad? No, this was like level. F- 50, one of the dudes had Outbreak Prime and was using mm-hmm. Outbreak Prime. And it's like, dude, you got that gun. You're level, you know, 580 with an Outbreak Prime. How the fuck am I beating you with literally a blue submachine gun? Because that's what my character <laughs> had. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I can see the whole, yeah, blueberries are going to show up come September and we're going to be fucked. But I also want to counterpoint with. Um, Heroic public events don't really give that much more rewards than normal. It, it's not that big a deal if they don't. Oh, go you're heroic. one of those people. I am one. I, I mean, I make it heroic every time. But <laughs> oh, good. All right. <laughs> I personally make it heroic, but if it doesn't grow heroic, I'm just like, oh, okay. So I just lost out on one a blue drop, right? Yeah, like... I lost out on one blue drop, two hundred <sighs> glimmer, and one planetary mat. Okay. There's no bounties. Honestly, the to biggest do time I, I think the biggest time I do heroics is for uh, if I'm on Tangled Shore, um, just so I can get those ghost fragments faster. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's Tangled Shore is one of the few places where you have to do it heroic. But if you're like on Earth, who gives a shit? I, I can it's make so up. easy to make those heroic before anybody else gets to them anyway. Well, I'm not even talking about that. I mean, like if they if they finish it before it grows heroic, or if it's like the giant taken orb one. Okay, I'll just go find a dusk shard somewhere dusk light shard that'll make up the difference there's fucking four of them in this area no i i don't see the whole blueberries never making public events heroic being that big of a deal well like i said there's still people that out there that believe that heroics are random yeah I know. not triggered God. couldn't believe clad in that why are you shooting the orb in the sky you're a moron do you know how to do public events <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I, um, with with Destiny going free-to-play in September, I saw a suggestion floating around, like, well, now this game needs loading screen tips, right? Because, like, we're just yeah. going to have that glut of people you know, who... You know, I wouldn't be opposed to loading screen tips. That's a great idea. What was it, Alphonse? I honestly wouldn't be opposed to loading screen tips, because sometimes there's little nuances that, even late in the game, that you won't think about, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Same page. For the longest time, I didn't understand what the what handling even did. I didn't realize like handling helped, you know, with like ADS and stuff like that. I was just like, I assumed handling was a part of stability. Um, when that's not the case, right? It's stuff like the longer you hold the jump button, the higher you will jump. Yeah, like there's just uh, there's a lot of little stuff like that that I think would be excellent things for um, loading screens. Personally, yeah, I I don't. I don't know how many raid Sherpas I did in Taking King where I had to tell people, oh, if you just hold the jump button, you can make that jump normally. You don't even have to try like using your double jump. And people go, oh, you can hold jump? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's a feature. <laughs> but that's assuming there's loading screens, too. Well, I mean, Destiny definitely does. I would say it would be a good, t- a good place to put the screens would be uh, maybe like in orbit when you, when you start the launch. Yeah. Um, you know, when it's oh, a ship yeah. actually flying, I think, I think, or the, yeah, or even during matchmaking, I think that would be like the perfect time. Or like when they're doing the, you know, your 
your ship is flying through the hyperspace or whatever. Yeah, that's have what I was go- talking about matchmaking. Yeah. Yeah, have your ghost pop up on the top right corner like dialogue comes up in during missions and, you know, just put some text on the bottom of the screen. Yep. Subtitles. Because, I mean, I will say the tutorial for the game is good. I mean, like, the game does teach you fairly well. Um, it doesn't, you know, kind of throw you to the wind of, okay, cool, go have fun. It does give you a good balance, especially since you have to get all your abilities back. Um, you know, I think it does a good job of teaching you in that sense. For some things. Yeah, yeah but there's, like, like I said, like the public events, making them heroic. There's a lot of little things that are hidden. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that also it doesn't teach you, but it does. Like, do you know how many people never realize that if you're first, you have to hold triangle to get to heavy. And second, if you're on heavy, you can double tap or, you know, whatever the equivalent button is. Right. You can double tap triangle or Y to swap to your special. Tons of people never knew that, that you can go straight from heavy to special. I hear lots of people typing. I'm assuming everybody's talking about something on Discord right now. No, sorry. I, that I, was I, thought you had, I thought you had more to say, so that's why I was like giving you a chance. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I was just saying, like, yeah, the, the Destiny <laughs> doesn't really have a tutorial. It teaches you move, shoot, jump, throw grenades, punch stuff, and that's it. You have to figure right. out the rest on your own. I mean, that's a good chunk of the game. Let's be frank, <laughs> uh, since it is a looter shooter. Uh, but yeah, some of the nuances though definitely do escape people sometimes, which you know it happens. Whatever. Um, these catalysts, though, too. Let's talk about those catalysts. The new ones? <laughs> or the ones they brought back, too? Uh, how about both? I got my Sturm one maxed out oh, nice. the other day. And it is, uh, it's interesting. And honestly, I definitely noticed that upgrade that they did with uh, Storm and Surge. That's, it's actually very significant. Like, scary significant. That 100% damage bonus? Oh, yeah. yeah it's... Yeah. It's very night and day, especially because Sturm by itself without the buff, yeah, it, okay, I guess. But then, like, as soon as you, you know, let's say you ran around with your drink for a while, you know, and then, <laughs> and then you pull out Storm and, um, Sturm with, like, 30 rounds, and you're just eating through people because it does so much more damage. It's like, wow, this is, this is actually a really good hand cannon if I had this buff all the time. Not to mention events like Blindwell being how just how the weapon works swapping in between is actually kind of fun. Um, I actually had a lot of fun with it, taking it to Blindwell. I mean, I was going around, you know, I'd pop, uh, I think it was, what, Scorn as the week I had. Um, you know, I'd go around, pop a couple of, like, the Screebs, maybe some of, like, the small guys. Just run around, pop those guys with drink for a while, and then, oh... There's a yellow bar, you know, or someone who drops a harmony. Turn around and freaking like two tap some of the uh, orange ones. I wonder if there's some way to cheese some stuff by just like going in with Drang, killing a bunch of stuff, getting up to 99, and then starting whatever you're going to do and then just mowing shit down. Honestly, I wouldn't doubt there's a possibility. Um, like, it's that significant. That's what a, Not Disliked was talking about. Like it's, it's definitely crazy how much it actually does uh, damage-wise. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's honestly a good run-and-gun weapon, which I'm pretty sure was like that gun's original purpose. Because, you know, they get in real close, you pop them with Drang. Oh, I'm low on Drang, but because I killed a couple animals, uh, enemies with 
don't know why I said that. Animals. A couple of animals. Animals. Um, We're hunters now. We're all hunters. Uh, you know, make oh, myself some fucking hive jerky. Right. Uh, you know, pop a couple of enemies with Sturm because you have that boosted damage, so it's super easy. And boom, you just reloaded Drang too. So then you can go back to running and gunning with your sidearm. You know, like the way it works together. No, uh, you cut out there. Did I? Yep. Did your microphone just go bad? There we go. That should be better now. Much. Yeah. Yeah, it's because someone uh, tried to give me a, a call during the middle of it. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a combo for just if you're messing around in PVE, just having some fun. You know, uh, I think it's just super fun, <laughs> to be honest. And what was the other catalyst? We got Sturm, and I'm guessing there was another one, right? Well, we got back the three from the old uh, uh, faction rallies. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> ah, well, I already have all of them, so I don't care. Yeah, I didn't play during that time, so I was glad they finally brought them back. I'm still getting my risk runner, or still <laughs> not getting my risk runner, I should say. Sorry, man. That's just <laughs> painful to hear. <laughs> one day, one day, maybe I'll be lucky. <laughs> Uh, Cerberus is supposedly getting one. I guess it's been data mined that Cerberus is going to get one, which yep. I am super duper excited for. I hope it uh, gives it better long distance accuracy. That would be broken. Oh, can you imagine if they gave it a uh, what was that one perk that uh, shotguns had back in House of Wolves? The one that decreased spread? Oh, a shot package? Shot yeah. package. <laughs> yeah, if they did that, ooh, I'd be. I'd be incredibly happy watching everyone's go turn around and start being Cerberus means like, come on, that was my thing. <laughs> yeah, Alphonse was always a huge proponent of Cerberus being the perfect shotgun counter. Still am. All right, so do you guys have anything <laughs> you want to bring up? Anything at all? One last thing since we, uh, we kind of talked about all the blueberries. Anybody else going to join me for the real Blueberry Fest? Anybody else going to Stadia? Oh. No. <laughs> no. Um, I'm comfy where I am on PS4. Yeah, I'll probably well, stick I mean, on PS4. Save, you know, <laughs> I'll stay on PS4 too, but I'll probably be playing on Stadia primarily. I mean, 60 frames per second. 4K, you know. Hey, if people are in the tournaments, um, if people are in the tournaments, that'll be a lot easier to get more rounds in for better score. Yeah, baby Highland, you were saying something. Oh, I'm just gonna be sticking on PS4 probably too. It's where home base is, right? Right. <laughs> uh, you have anything you want to bring up, Highland? No, I'm doing good with it. Alphonse, sorry, I'm also. I did body. have one thought in relation to the Blueberry Fest uh, coming up. Um. Clan activity. I imagine seeing clan activity and set and stacks and events, uh, match made events especially, will be significantly uh, higher come September. Oh, that's true. So if true. you get mad about stacks and Crucible now, you're probably going to see a lot more stacks um, uh, come September. Well, on the upside, it'll be easier to get a full stack if you want one. Yeah, the only way to beat the stacks is to become the stacks, right? Well, I mean. <clears throat> If it's comp, you should be stacking anyways. That's the whole point of comp. If you don't want to stack, you go into quick play. Oh, man. Can you imagine when uh, all the blueberries have to do the Crucible quest where they do a few rounds of comp? <laughs> Ooh. 
It's gonna be but a bad don't time. forget, Comp still has its MMR. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it's still based on their uh, glory rank. You just got to rip the band-aid off and get those out of the way if you're not a competitive player. You just get it out of your pursuits as soon as you can. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so does anybody have anything, anything at all to discuss whatsoever? No? We're good. I'm pretty good. No? Yeah. Wow, this was probably one of our shortest episodes then. Surprisingly. <laughs> Keeping it efficient. I guess, I, I don't know, should I, as, a, as a guest, should I plug my other stuff? Please. Yeah, go ahead and plug whatever you want. Uh, okay, uh, so yeah, I'm Clydesdale on Destiny, but I'm just Robert Wiesahan in real life. Um, I play on the Dungeons and Randomness podcast. Uh, we have three D&D groups going around in the same world at once and affecting one another through story crossover events and things like that. Um, we just successfully Kickstarter funded our setting book. So uh, if you want to, uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, check us out. I'm on group A. There's group A, B, and C. Uh, I'm playing Ubo, the half-orc druid. Um, so yeah, check me out on the Wait, Dungeons and what? Randomness podcast. What happened to Malchus? Uh, after episode 200, we fast forward the timeline about two years and everyone's playing new characters because we switched edition. Oh, man. What edition I... uh, do you guys play? Uh, we play fifth now. Yeah, we played fourth edition for 200 episodes and then um, we did a little timeline jump. So I'm a, I'm a 3.5 purist at heart. Um, <laughs> have, you, if, have you tried fifth edition yet? It's really good. I have. I played a little bit of fifth edition and a little bit of the Pathfinder that came out. I just really like how 3.5 feels. And I actually started a very new book. Um, if you're curious to check more out about it, I have a couple of friends that are actually writers for it. Uh, Operations and Tactics. Oh, like a, like a splat book for 3.5? Um, it's actually its own standalone and it's actually made to entirely focus around the use of firearms and it's also made to be hyper-realistic uh, with features for like ultra-lethality uh, where, you know, unless you're wearing body armor and stuff like that, it's very easy to be killed. Um, That's pretty cool. Like that. That's wild. Um, a game I ran was called Big Iron where everything took place uh, around 1905 in the, in the West. So, you know, all the firearms you had to use were from that time um, and stuff like that. So it was a very fun time. We're actually about to move on to our next game, Maids and Munitions, uh, that will take place in the current timeline. Same universe as Big Iron, but uh, just all current stuff can be used. And I mean, it's got just about anything you could think of uh, related to firearms. And I mean, it, take, it takes account for everything. You know, If you want to take one shot, you don't have to worry about recoil. But if you want to do multi-shot, you know, it starts dipping into your strength for recoil penalties, uh, range increments for damage. Uh, even type types of bullets that could be used. So it's a very fun thing. Uh, if you want to know more about it, I could bring you into a group of mine that runs it, and we can get you at least looking at the book to, if you want to form an opinion on it. Well, I'm, I'm not likely to play three five anytime soon. It's it, you're based in three five, right? Uh, it's actually it's its own standalone. It's, it's own actually system. made oh. from the ground up. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd I'd be happy to take a peek, and if you if you send me a link or something, yeah, I'd take a look at it. Oh, definitely. I. It, so I haven't listened to all the new episodes yet. I stopped listening to DNR like two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to make a Malchus joke, actually, when I was going to introduce you, and I completely fucking spaced on it, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we've, we've been doing the, the new arc of the story for a while now, but when we um, yearly, the Jason and Bree and, and as many people who can from the show attend Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia, 
And last year I was able to make it too. And so I kind of did an encore Malchus appearance in the, um, in the live game we played uh, in our, in our panel. Basically we had a, we had a panel where the panel was us playing a, a live one shot um, and bringing back some favorite characters. And I brought that map, brought back Malchus for that. I can give you a link to that if you want to see it. I've um, honestly, I have like 50 episodes downloaded already. Oh, okay. Sure. I'm, I'm just going right back through it. I listen to nine hours of podcast a day at work, so I, I'm just chewing through it. We um, have the ammunition for you to listen to more. <laughs> yep. Uh, I will actually admit my entire reason for inviting you on uh, and my entire reason for bringing you up doing a D&D podcast, Soren, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. asking you to DM is because I started listening to DNR again on Monday. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm on a destiny kick. Let's get Clyde on here. Let's get Rob and let's just go fucking full destiny. <laughs> That's cool, man. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we inspired you and I hope you guys get your game together. Um, it's, you know, there's always a little D and D is what I call hard fun, right? Somebody has to sit down, get the adventures together, coordinate people's schedules. But when it comes together, there's nothing like it. So I hope it works out. Well, for I, you. De- I definitely agree. Sorry. And that's your job. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> you do the world building. I will do the recording and the editing. We'll do it on Roll20. We'll make it a video series. Uh, actually, I w- I've always wanted to do that after I saw the... Oh my god, we're going way off into the rhubarb here. It's <laughs> supposed to be a Destiny podcast. Um, the uh, What was it? Um, something Awful. They did a D&D 3.5 Roll20. And it had General Ironicus on there. And I'm a huge fan of him because of Chip Cheesem and General Ironicus. And they just had the most ridiculous campaign and it was tons of fun. And I've always wanted to do my own thing like that. Cool. Well, since we got 10 seconds of silence followed by cool, I think we're all done here. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to fetch that video of us playing in Atlanta for you. So I'll I'll dump that in the chat if you want to take a look at it later. Um, but that's us, yeah, playing live on, uh, it's the YouTube recording. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Dump, dump it on podcast. We're a pretty laid back uh, group, so. Yeah, you're not, you don't seem too stringent about, like, what goes where as far as chat, so. Anyway, that's in the okay. wrong channel. I'm done, I'm done self-promoting. <laughs> uh, we are actually kind of uh, about other stuff, but the podcast channel in particular is, like, my <laughs> channel, <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't give a shit what you put in the podcast channel. What were you, what'd you say? You cut out there. Uh, I was just talking under my breath. It's like, we'll have a, a weeb day where it's just all about anime and other nerd stuff. <laughs> oh, we've done that in podcasts. I've had to cut that out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's about it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode go ahead and give us some feedback. Uh, if you didn't enjoy listening to this episode, give us some more feedback. Uh, tell me it sucks if it does. Uh, Rob, thanks for coming along. It was fucking great having you come out. And I actually kind of geeked out this entire episode having, you know, the former Malchus Grimness on my <laughs> podcast. Still Malchus Grimness somewhere in my heart, right? No, thanks for having me. It was a lot. Of, I, I love Destiny, and I'm I'm glad to be back on the season of Gambit or season season of Gambit was the last one. Drifter, 
Yeah. Drifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a season yeah. of Drifter. Yeah, I found yeah. that a little underwhelming. So it's it's good to be back in in Destiny again. Uh, and uh, thanks for giving me a platform to talk about it. You're more than welcome to come back anytime you want. You're on our server. You're friends on PSN, and you know we're friends on Discord. If you ever want to come back on here and talk about anything, just let me know. I will find a slot for you. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, Baby Highland, thank you for coming on. I'm sorry that you kind of got overshadowed with other stuff. Um, oh, no, you're good. But we will be having you on more frequently. Now that you're on, once again, you're also free to come back anytime. Sounds great. I'm glad I could come in. Yep. Thanks for coming on. Alphonse, you can fuck off because you're not infantry. <laughs> oh. So screw you. <laughs> Artillery oh, is definitely better and always will be. All I'm going to say is that at the end of the day, you bleed red, not blue. You, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, Soren, thanks for coming on. I know you were sick. and uh, I'm good. I'm good now. You're, so. you're good now. <laughs> I'm still here, so <laughs> could be worse. Could uh, that's the end of this episode. Uh, All right. I'm still trying to come up with good endings, so fuck it. That's the end. <laughs>